Welcome to another episode of the Hot Hot Hoops Podcast, Finals Edition. I'm your host, Brandon Aperto, joined as always by my co-host, Matt Hannafin. One day, we'll get some of the other Hot Hot Hoops uh, crew on here, but you're stuck with us, for better or for worse. Um, big game last night. Uh, not as bad as some are making it out to be, in my opinion, uh, but... Miami ultimately falling down the stretch after a uh, comeback attempt did not go well in, well, didn't go the way they wanted in the fourth quarter is the best way I can put it. Um, but I'm going to throw it to Matt for initial thoughts here. Um, It was, it, it was a very, I mean, we could talk about this at a, like zooming in on, on a bigger scope, but that game was like barely two hours long. It was a very just clean game from both sides. And part of that was Miami, the Miami Heat only shooting two free throws. Yeah. Did, did you know, <laughs> I feel like they didn't talk about that on the broadcast at all. It was one of the things that I just kept bringing up on Twitter because I kept, like I was writing the recap last night and I kept checking the stats just to see what the free throw different uh, disparity was, or sorry, the three point uh, percentage disparity was. And I'm like, I'm like, this has to be an error. You know, and then I'm like, well, no, I only saw two free throws. So, yeah, no, they shot two free throws. This was a stat that I tweeted before I hopped on just to just to kind of give you a perspective of how like rare that is for a team in the game. This was the first time in NBA playoff history where a single team has shot two or three free throws in a single game. Um, This is the sixth time in NBA history where that's happened. Uh, that's just what happens. Like some, some might look at it in the end and being like, oh, there's the refs, 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 refs. And it's like, it wasn't the refs. Um, no, Denver shot 23 throws. Something that I also tweeted last night. I referenced my Twitter a lot on here. I just realized that. Go check that out. If you'd like, also go check out the hoops Twitter account. Uh, but one thing was, I think this last night was, I believe the 39th time in NBA history where there's been or at least in NBA Finals history where there was a free throw discrepancy of 18 or more in a single game. Denver shot 20 free throws, made 16 of them. Um, and that's the first time since Game 7 of the 2010 Finals when the Lakers shot like 37 free throws or something like that. And the Celtics only shot like 17. Um, and the teams who are at the worst end of that disparity are 8-31. and 31. And all of this is per stat head, so credit to them for having that information available to us. Uh, but it just shows you, like, Miami didn't put enough pressure on the rim. And, I mean, they did have 19 attempts, I believe, at the rim, 14 makes. Denver had 21 uh, attempts with, I want to say, with 17 makes. That's right. And – but the thing with Miami was is they it, it wasn't, like, intentional win – they were driving to the rim. I mean, there was a few times late in that game where like Haywood Highsmith was on the receiving end of like a backdoor cut or on a high low or whatnot. And he was getting good looks at the rim. But like when it came to the the mid range shots that Miami just based on how Denver plays their drop, the mid range shots were there for Miami. And Jimmy talked about that after the game, like they're going to, those looks are going to be there for whether it's bam, whether it's Jimmy, whether it's whomever, but Jimmy even said, like, he finished with zero free throws. He, this, that was the seventh time in his career where he finished without a free throw in a single game. That's the second time in the season where that's happened. Well, and considering he wasn't intentional with it. What, go on? Considering, like, that's one of his moves. Like, if there's one thing that Jimmy Butler does well is get to the free throw line. I mean, half the yeah. time, especially in the playoffs, that's where he gets sometimes the majority of his points. I mean, the guy's fearless driving to the rim. And, you know, we can talk about the ankle all day, but it's like, 
Um, I didn't see that yesterday. I thought I did. I thought I did early. Um, whereas like uh, Jimmy got uh, scored the first five points. I was like, oh, it's going to be one of these Jimmy's games, especially mm-hmm. when he hit that three. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're absolutely right. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't getting to the free throw line. He acknowledged it. Um, I figure the only guy who really being aggressive around the rim yesterday was Bam. I thought maybe he deserved uh, a couple free throw attempts in there. Um, but other than that, it kind of leads me to something I want to talk about. But I'll let you finish your thought first. And uh, but that'll be what what you really didn't like from the Heat yesterday. So um, I'll let you finish your thought, and then I want to touch on that. Yeah. Well. Uh... With Jimmy, it was like, I didn't hate the process of the times that he was at least getting around the rim because he was kicking out to open shooters. But like at a certain point, whether it's like just to slow the game down a little bit, because there was times throughout that game where the pace was out of was in Denver's hands and they were moving at a quicker pace. And sometimes you just want to get to the free throw line to kind of slow that down and just to get easy points to kind of stop those runs. And Jimmy even talked about like it's no one to blame but him. Like, he's not going to blame anyone but himself for that. And, like, at a certain point, yeah, even though you're getting those open mid-range shots, he he, he sometimes you just got to put your shoulder into their chest. And it's, and it's always tough because, I mean, for as much crap as he's gotten defensively throughout his career, Nikola Jokic isn't bad, like, contesting around the rim. Like, he's not going to be – he's not going to get – like multiple blocks a game. He's not going to swat everything away, but just in terms of like him being a big body, his length, his size, like when he goes straight up, it's just very hard to finish over him. But again, when you're fin- when you go up through the chest and when you put a shoulder into that, like sometimes you draw fouls. And I think that's what Miami wasn't able to do a lot last night. Like, I don't even remember, maybe correct me if I'm wrong when I say this, but I don't think in any quarter throughout that game, Miami was in the bonus. And so it's like they weren't even drawing many fouls. I mean, that's just a credit to Denver's discipline, but that's also just like a mindset thing for Miami. Like, get to the free throw line, be aggressive. I mean, again, there were times where they would just kick out. wasn't even just Jimmy, but they would kick out to open threes. And again, the process of that isn't always bad, even though the, the looks weren't always falling. But at a certain point, like, sometimes you just got to put your, your shoulders into their chest and see if you can draw something. And again, slow the game down, see if you can get extra points, because even though – Miami ended up shooting 41%, 13 of 39 from three, which is 33%. It didn't really feel like that because a lot of that came in the fourth quarter when they were already down double digits. And so, um, and that's also just a credit to like Haywood Highsmith and then Kyle Lowry with those couple uh, three pointers, pull up three pointers in the fourth quarter. But like just in general, I don't think Miami did a good enough job getting to the line. And again, like they're the only team in NBA history or NBA playoff history to shoot two or three fewer free throws in a game. Like, that's not officiating as and if at least when you look back on it, it's more of just like the intention and the purpose behind some of their drives and some of their attacks, even though they are getting those open mid range jumpers. Stick, stick your shoulder in their chest again, like go up through them, go up strong. See if you can get something, see if you can get Jokic in foul trouble, even though the process of that is always difficult. Like bam, a couple of times, was trying to take Jokic off the dribble. Jokic was doing a good job staying with them, but like sometimes the thing that we've seen with Bam is he'll fade away or he won't exactly get to where you want at the rim. And that's, I mean, he was making some of them, he was missing some of them, but just like, again, sometimes you just want to go up like through a guy. Like there was another one where Bam had a cut and he tried and he almost looked like he was in between on a dunk attempt over Jamal Murray, who was playing help side. 
and Bam kind of like faded away in midair and missed the layup and didn't get the call. And so like oh. the, just the little things like that, little things like that, like I think Miami can significantly improve upon. And I don't, again, they, they went 14 of 19 at the rim. So it's not like they weren't shooting anything at the rim, but again, it's just the purpose of drawing those fouls and the purpose of trying to get them in foul trouble and trying to get to the free throw line to slow down any runs and slow down the game a little bit, uh, which I don't think they you did make, a good job of doing last night. You make good points. Um, I talked about it a lot, um, or I think I talked about it a lot. I probably made it one sentence in my recap last night, uh, but it pretty much aligns with what you're saying. Like, uh, there's a few things I really disliked uh, the Heat doing yesterday. Uh, one of them was just from a rotation perspective. And look, like uh, I've said it before, and I have it in the profile of my or like my bio on the site, which is that I'll stop question that I'll never question Spo's rotations ever again because he generally proves me wrong. Um, but I really didn't see the point in keeping our stagnant shooters out there longer than they needed to be. Like I get. A shooter, a shooter in the NBA needs to have Dion Waiters level confidence. Okay. Like, uh, you know, they need to keep shooting. But the problem is when you have someone like Max Roos yesterday who couldn't hit the side of the barn, like, I don't know. I think it, it's the equivalent of leaving a goalie out there too long in hockey, you know, where then it starts to weigh on you after your eighth missed to three. And I'm not sure, uh, how many, I don't have stats in front of me. So I'm not sure how many Max missed, but it felt like that. I feel like you need to make some changes. Um, that would have been in my, in my opinion. Putting Duncan in, but like at the same time, and I screamed for it on Twitter, which I thought was hilarious given uh, how he treated Duncan during a regular season. Um, but another thing to kind of echo what Matt was talking about was um, why Max is a pretty versatile guy. I just wish he would have, uh, you know, just shot faked, maybe jab stepped and taken and drove to the, the bucket. I feel like, you know, um, he's got some ups. You know, he drives hard. He could have probably got to the free throw line and changed the narrative. Once you see that ball go in the bucket, you know, then that starts to change things a little bit. And maybe Max, Max would have had a different game. Um, the same thing, I think, in rotation management was I was really surprised uh, to see Zeller in over Love yesterday. Um, the boys over at um, at uh, Five on the Floor were talking about it uh, this morning and they weren't sure if it was an injury thing with Kevin, but... I don't think Kevin's injured right now. Um, there's nothing. I, I haven't read anything about it, at least. Um, I mean, and what, at that point, it's just speculation because I don't understand it either. I'm with you. <laughs> but, but Spo does this, man. Do you remember that there was a portion um, that happened last year where like, he gets really into the game and I think he forgets about certain players. Um, the Heat were down by a bunch of points and he goes, yeah, I don't know. This was last. This was the last playoffs, so not this playoffs. But he's like, I don't know why. I didn't put Duncan in. That would have been a good decision considering we needed threes. You know, he like, he was on the record saying that. So, um, you know, so I don't fault him. I think, you know, once you're in the thick of it, uh, you know, you want to, you want to roll with the guys you have and you want to see them break through. And, you know, basketball is a game of runs at the end of the day. Right. So it's like, yeah. okay. You know, some, sometimes you break through, sometimes you don't, but I would have just liked to see a little bit of variety. The heat eventually found it and they, they, they didn't, play badly um or, or like one of the things that i really liked yesterday was the ball movement they shared the ball exceptionally well it created some beautiful buckets most notably from lowry who was just finding the open man you know there's the one thing though that i hate is that there it's their tendency when they're down by a lot of points 
is let's chuck up some threes. And man, did we see that yesterday. Then like there were some ugly, ugly threes that were just attempted. And uh, look, some of them is like, yeah, the shot clock is uh, counting down. You got to get a shot off. I get that. But, you know, just you see their ability to share the ball and really create a beautiful motion offense. Like it's borderline poetry in motion at times, you know, as basketball is to really harp down on that cliche. Um, but it's like when you have that potential, it's really just annoying, I think, as a fan and, you know, uh, someone like you and me who watch the game pretty closely uh, to just just see them chuck up shots like it's a pickup game in, in August. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, just in terms of like Duncan and Max's case, like I, I put out a video this morning and it was about, I think, seven or eight attempts of theirs. I mean, they combined Max. Just by the way, Max went 0 of 10, 0 of 9 from deep. Uh, Duncan went one of six from the floor, one of five from deep. So just in general, they combined for uh, one of 14 from deep and one of 16 from the floor. Uh, But like, like half of their attempts were, I thought good looks like they were, it it wasn't like the process was bad or like they were getting rushed for the most part. And they just weren't like at one, they just weren't falling. But then like you get the Max Struess attempt or it was one of his last attempts where it looked like he rushed a three. I can't remember who passed uh-huh. it to him and Aaron Gordon blocks him. And it's just like that one, maybe not have been the best three, but just oh, yeah. in general, I'm talking more like about the frustration attempts. Huh? You know what I mean? I'm talking more about the frustration attempts. Like, yeah, ones, like that one was a frustration attempt to Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. like, just for the most part, it looked like at least for the first half when they were getting him up, it felt like they were just good looks. I mean, Duncan had his one make that he had was a pretty contested look in the corner, but I just thought in general, like the process behind that, like you're, I, I'm completely with you with the ball movement. It looked like they were moving the ball well and getting those extra passes um, and, and creating easier looks from deep. And that's one thing that Miami um, has done at times throughout the season, even though they aren't, they weren't always falling like last night. Uh, but I just thought like, I didn't hate the process behind it, but you're right. There were definitely a few times where it, it maybe not have been rushed, but just less than ideal looks from deep. Um, and you also just, I mean, they weren't, I think they had like a 14 two run uh, at towards like they got three at the end of the third and then they went on an 11, I think, Oh, run or 11 two run to begin the fourth quarter. And a lot of that was like Kyle Lowry knocking down a couple pull-up jumpers or pull-up threes off the high pick and roll with Jokic kind of playing that deep drop. Um, actually it might, it might've been Jeff Green. I can't remember who's exactly those minutes were, but like, regardless, he was getting, he had a couple pull up three pointers, obviously midway through that fourth quarter that Miami was getting like Haywood Highsmith was awesome in that game. Um, especially in that second half. And he, he hit a couple of threes late, even though some of that, some of them didn't really matter at the end. I think I can't remember if Gabe hit a few, but he finished five and 10 from deep and looked pretty in rhythm from I'd say most of the night. So it's like, there were some results where it's like, again, yeah, you look at 13 of 39. That's not great. Denver also, by the way, shot eight of 27 from deep. They weren't that good either. We can talk about Miami, how Miami played them a little bit defensively. They were, they well, were but, at first, they were at first though. Like uh, they were, they were shooting nearly what? 44%. Um, yeah. Half time, you know, yeah. like, uh, that's one, that's one half of exceptional shooting. They definitely, Definitely fell off, which opened up Miami's uh, ability. Yeah, they were forty at, at halftime. They were forty five percent from three, right? So it's like they fell off, but like 
and had gave Miami an opportunity. Like everyone died, everyone regresses towards the mean, right? Right. But like gave Miami that opportunity to make their run, which I thought I did a really good job with too. You know, like uh, that was when Haywood was like uh, had those. Uh, it was like Lowry opened it up um, with the threes. And then Haywood got involved, and then Jimmy and Bam started getting involved, and things started to roll. It was one of those games where I kind of felt like the heat ran out of time. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. You know, if it, it's anything like that, because I'm like, uh, I think I even <laughs> said in the recap, I was like, um, I, I was saying, uh, I, heading into the fourth, that the heat looked fairly defeated, but suddenly they came together on an 11-0 run led by Gabe and Kyle to cut the lead to 10. You know, it's like... Yeah. And Haywood, he had that steal to open yeah. the quarter, I think. Exactly. And, you know, they were back in the ball game, but it's just, uh, it's, it's like, it was one of those things. Cause it's, I think we've got to give credit to Denver. Um, I think it's hard not to, when you have someone like Jokic and Murray and, uh, obviously Aaron Gordon was a heat killer yesterday. And then, uh, Hey, when you're right, because friggin' Bruce Brown was out there too. And I think, uh, Matt P listened to the podcast the other day. He was like, I, if they start Ish Smith, it's over. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it was one of those things where it's like they're a really, really complete team. I have to give them credit there. When the Heat were coming back on that little attempt, like that little surge, uh, and getting that run together, Jokic put up just two baskets in a row, like he was friggin' Thanos. You know, it's just like, oh, ha ha, nice try, guys. You know, and um, it, that's I think the thing that worries me the most, like. He he's he's such a smart player. Never made a bad pass, you know. Like he, he never he makes the wrong decision. Feel the ball, but it's like it's it's one of those things where it's like you need to pretty much account for the fact that um, Jokic will probably p- play ninety percent perfect basketball the rest of the series. So you have to basically every game you have to be ready for Jokic to get a triple double. Just put it up in the, put it up in the, in the stats, you know, like that's, what's going to be there, you know? And then you have to stop everybody else because I don't think, I think you can't really stop him. You know, it reminds me, and this is going to be a hell of a comparison, but it's like, um, I think it was the 2017 NBA finals where LeBron was just a madman, you know, uh, but he didn't have anybody else. It was, I mean, eight. Why are you talking about the game where he had nearly fifty and it went in overtime? Game one, that was eighteen. Uh, that was eighteen, but like, still, like he's there, yeah, there again. Like, yeah. in both years, take it, but he just didn't really have anybody to do it with. It's like Jokic is the same caliber of player at this point, except he has people to do it with. You know, yeah. so it's like, so you saw those games, like the despite LeBron being otherworldly and almost uh, you know like. Uh, putting on his best best Atlas impression, you know, the uh, Golden State ultimately won because nobody else besides Braun uh, could get it done. The Heat, in my opinion, needs to do probably something similar and slow down the Nuggets uh, or as the, I, I don't know if you've seen the video yet, but there was uh, one guy uh, uh, off the off Tass Malice's No Dunks feed. It was like, oh, I love it. Go Nuggies. You know, so I'm going to call them the Nuggies. Uh, for the rest of this pod, but uh, they're gonna have to eliminate, you know, the Jamal Murray's. They're gonna have, Aaron Gordon can't play like that. You, know, you can't have Bruce Brown being that factor. You have to eliminate everybody else and basically put Jokic on his on the island, and that's where the Heat can actually win. And I know they're capable of it. They've done it. You know what I mean? They've uh, they've they made Jalen Brown a non-factor for four games last series, pretty much. You know, and it's like. Uh, Okay, so and they made and they made Julius Randle a non-factor, and they made RJ Barrett a non-factor. You know, um, I mean, I'm not going to compare 
Julius Randle and RJ Barrett respectfully. To no, but Jamal. I can be good. But then you have Chris, you have Chris Middleton, you know, and you have the rest of the Bucks, and so base and like every one of those series, the commonality was like, okay, Giannis got his, Brunson got his, Tatum mostly got his, mm-hmm. you know. So, but everybody else didn't, and. I think I, I, I've said this on multiple pods now, but I feel like if you manage to do something similar, you put yourself in a really good position to win. And that's mm-hmm. pretty much the most important thing at this point, right? Yeah, well, that's what I kind of highlighted in, I think, the last question of my th- biggest three questions column that went out yesterday. Please go check that out on the site. Is can Miami limit everything outside of Jokic? Um, and I don't think... Like Aaron Gordon began the game with phenomenal offensive process. I mean, I know he was Miami was getting into some pretty bad cross matches and semi transition early in that game, but like Aaron Gordon just pressed the "I am bigger than you, dude" button whenever Gabe Vincent or Max Drews or even there was a possession where he body Caleb Martin into the lane for um, a, a jump hook. Like he was, oh, he was out manning Miami physically, especially with those three guys early in the game and that kind of set the tone from at least the tip because i mean he had like what 12 of their first 20 or something like that it was he was off to a really good start because he was getting those mismatches and some of those mismatches i want to say maybe one or two of those times it was just in the pick and roll where jimmy would switch on to jamal and aaron gordon would be up would be up against the small well when aaron gordon sees he has gabe vincent on him he's not going to just stray away to the three-point line and have Gabe play play off him. No, he's going to body him in the post as he should. And that's, he was doing a really good job of that, at least to start that game. And again, that just set the tone. Um, Jamal, I mean, Jamal had hit some pretty tough shots yesterday, in my opinion. Uh, I didn't love how Miami, def- I mean, it, it's, it's there's no real answer for defending Jamal and Jokic in their two-man game. It's one of the best two-man games in the entire league. Um, yes. Like if you go over, like, if you go over the screen, well, Jokic can uh, fade or kind of play in between, kind of pace that pace that pocket pass to 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 have an open look. If you go under, Jamal's just going to hit the pull up. Like if if you double, well, then he can find Jokic in the short roll for four on three or three on two. Like it, there it's there's no real way. Like you you just have to make sure you're, you're at least connected and not miscommunicating, which Miami did a couple of times yesterday. Like I remember there was one where. Uh, Jokic set one. It was like above the break near the middle of the floor. It was Haywood was defending Jamal. Bam was defending Jokic and Bam looked like he was playing drop, but it looked like Haywood wanted to switch the action. Well, then Jamal sets himself loose for an open jump shot. Boom, knocks it down. And it's just like that can't happen if you're going to you got to be on the same page and just hope that you have enough have enough help where you're able to recover in time to make sure that Jamal doesn't have those runways that I thought he did have at least a decent amount of yesterday. Uh, but he, yeah. he had some pretty tough shots. He finished for 26 on 11 to 22 shooting two of seven from deep. Like that's just a two man combination. That's just going to be so damn hard for Miami to stop. And it's, I, I really don't know like what the exact answer is. I mean, as long as you have that third, maybe you have to send a third defender earlier, whether it's, um, above the break on a pick and fade or uh, someone from like the weak side tagger or whatever the case is like, there's gotta be an answer to it. Miami's got to figure it out and just hope that they make the wrong decision or they're able to force a turnover or so someone ultimately misses a shot. Like that's just, 
that's kind of I, I know that's I, that's extra simple and that's not the best analysis, but that's kind of what Miami has to hope for in terms of like them two playing together. Because whenever Jokic was getting the ball in the middle of the floor, he was doing whatever he wanted, whether it was passing, whether it was uh, getting clean looks, ten ish feet from the rim. Like again, I was talking to a friend about this yesterday, and I, I and I made the comment like Jokic could just take a nap at midcourt and still put up 27, 11, and twelve. Well, he didn't. It didn't feel like he put his imprint on the game, at least from a shot making standpoint or like a shooting standpoint. Like he didn't take over the game by himself, but his whimsical passing and decision making, like he didn't make the wrong decision at all. He finished with twenty seven, ten, and fourteen on, and he only took twelve shots. And like well, that's I mean, just that's very hyper efficient, and that's not. I don't, I'm not saying taking a nap, you're going to get that numbers because you're like I'm not. That's not like a disrespectful thing. Like that's just a a testament to how talented he is as a player and he can do whatever he wants. And Denver, and that just shows how connected they are as a group. Cause it's like him and Jamal and Gordon and Porter have played together for at least the last few seasons. At least Gordon has been with them and like, they're really connected and they really know how to play with each other. And that's, that's something that's going to be tough for Miami to stop um, just throughout this series. And I thought like Denver didn't have the best shot making game, at least in the second half yesterday but they still found a way because of Nicole and because of Nicole Jokic who had again 10 assists in the first half 14 in total but he he was remarkable yesterday even though he only had 12 shot attempts that's just a testament yeah. to how good he is i mean look there's also there's there's good news for heat fans too right moving forward it's like you have the potential for, you have a real potential for effective adjustments coming next game like obviously spo uh, can put on a masterclass with that but he you potentially, and like as the reports are leaning towards today, you potentially have Tyler Hero joining the team again next game. And, you know, if he's being used as a spot-up shooter, you potentially have someone to fill the gaps that uh, Max and Duncan ultimately um, created yesterday. Uh, same thing, um, you know, you saw how Zeller uh, was, or how effective Zeller was on Jokic. Cough, cough, not effective. Um, you know, did you so see you the, the video that Channing? Sorry to interrupt, but did you see the video of Channing Fry on yeah, Twitter saying that Miami should start Cody Zeller uh, just in this game or in Game One at least? Like it was just like, wait, have you not watched the Heat? The like this entire playoffs? Like well, we, they were talking about on the pregame show episode. yesterday that I think it was like Jalen was Jalen. I maybe may, maybe it was Jalen, but they were saying Cody should get like fifteen to twenty minutes. It's just like. Are you guys are you guys like actively rooting against Miami? Like no disrespect, but Cody Zeller hasn't been that good for a while now. Like no, I don't. Again, I'm completely with you. I don't think he should, really should be in the rotation at all right now. But that's just the stubbornness of Spo, and that's just the stubbornness to fed coaches and like rotations. It's like yeah. you need to give Bam some breathing room at some point. But he still played 40 minutes. But like that's why you have Haywood Highsmith, even though he's smaller. Or that's why you want to you you could use Kevin Love for a few minutes and kind of just have that extra big body that you could put on Jokic if he's in the game or whatnot. But like Cody Zeller hasn't been good for a while. Like he had that rebound that got stripped from him. That's two points, and it's just like just little thing, just little things like that. Like I don't I'm, I don't dislike Cody as a player, but right now he's just not effective, and that no. it, like it's, not effective it, it, at all. Like that's just it's tough. Just the, back to the reality of the situation it's tough it's just like um but yeah there's like there's hope here everyone and and i don't see a ton of national media attention on it. it's like if you're adding tyler back to this game and the beauty of somebody um 
hurting their hand, even if there is their shooting hand, is that their legs still work. So, you know, there's, uh, and, and the heat, the heat had definitely kept him conditioned, uh, or kept him conditioned, especially, um, because they've been on the war path all season, or all playoffs long, right? So, um, inserting him, you know, he might, he might not be necessarily in the game shape he was, but there's, uh, and if his, if his hand is decent enough, there's no reason why a 20 points per game score can't be a 15 point per game score. Also, there was a lot of no shows yesterday. Like Caleb Martin wasn't the guy he's been all playoff long. You know, he's been the most consistent key player. Right. He wasn't consistent at, at all. You know, like sometimes, you know, sometimes the layoff is nice. I was hoping that it would work in Miami's favor. It didn't. Um, before we kind of get into things, we haven't mentioned him at all. And I feel like it's a disservice because he was the best player on the Miami Heat. He showed why he was deserving of a second All-Star appearance. Um, and he basically showed all of the changes that he's made in his game over the last few years to make him one of the most, in my opinion, one of the elites um, in the NBA uh, in, at the five. That was bam. Um, from, from, the, from the aggressive dunks to the middies to the, to the, to the bunnies inside, he looked... He outclassed uh, Denver a lot, and I feel like um, I feel like that speaks as almost like a, a big f you to the national media, who said Bam wouldn't be able to hang in the series at all. But we talked about it on the pod the other day. Bam traditionally plays well against Denver, and um, I just loved what I saw from him yesterday. I, I hate I hate that it was a waste of such a good Bam game um, because he was uh, he was straight up exceptional, and I think he missed a couple bunnies there too. Uh, he should have scored more points. You know, uh, but but overall, I don't think Bam can play a better game than that. But if it's if this was a preview of what he will be this series, then like the Heat fan, the Heat fandom and Heat Nation should be having some hope here. Yeah, I mean, I talked about it. I think I've talked about it plenty over like these last several days. But him in the short role and him in that kind of mid range area. I mean, yeah, there were definitely times where he like was getting again. He was trying to get to the rim, but he wasn't able to just but he navigated around Jokic at least to some extent. He was getting shots in the short roll when they were in three-on-two and four-on-three situations, and that's something I talked about last spot. That's something I talked about in the three questions thing. Like, Denver is a team that will allow a lot of short mid-range shots, and that's kind of like where Bam Adebayo likes to live him. He took nearly half of his attempts from there in the regular season per cleaning the class. That was 99th percentile, I think among other big guys like he and he was getting those looks yesterday. They didn't always fall, but it's just like the process of it was good. And that's something that like, and it's not even just that, like he was still getting decent looks 10 to 14 from the 10 to 14 feet from the basket. Um, He finished with 26 points, 13 rebounds, 13 of 25 shooting. He had one or two putbacks that were good. Like, he was, I thought he was the best player on the floor yesterday without question. Um, and that again, like, yeah, it's disappointing that they wasted a good BAM game, but it's like, I don't think this is, I don't think this is like an anomaly from him. Uh, be, just because of like, even with the playmaking, I, again, I, I had a, I did a little thread last night of like him and Jimmy and Haywood in kind of like their high low. And it's like when he's able to catch it, 15 feet from the basket after a pick and roll, whether they're, they're doing, using a higher drop or 
uh, whatnot. Like if Bam's able, if they're able to find that pocket pass with Bam and he has that kind of invent advantageous look right in front of him. Well then, yeah. If someone steps up from the weak, like if the weak side tagger steps up, well then you're going to get an open, open look from Haywood or Jimmy. Like that's the gravity and that's the effect that Bam has um, when he's in those situations. And when he's not, he can just take a ten to ten foot jumper, and it's usually more often than not going to be a clean look. I wonder how Denver again eventually adjusts to what he does over time. But he was exceptional yesterday. He was he was exceptional yesterday. And Sorry, I'm fighting some allergies here. No worries. <laughs> One thing I want to ask you before we end this was, what do you think of Miami's zone yesterday? Like, what do you think, like, when they used it, like, how how do you think that was versus, like, man? And, like, how do you think, do you think that's, uh, like, sustainable over time? Like, I thought it was good yesterday, but I want to let get your thoughts on it first. It was good to the point. It was good when they stopped hitting their threes. But it was like you said on the pod before, it does give Denver the – go ahead green light from three a lot of the time and uh, they hit 45 percent of them in the first half so i think you you need to be like i i can't sit here sitting in this chair telling spo to be smart you know what i mean it's like i want to say oh you got to be smart about when you use it you know what i mean it's just it's uh i i think it has its place and i think it can be really effective i think uh you just can't settle in it um and We've uh, seen him. We've seen Spo settle in it for quarters, for like for full quarters. You know, oftentimes to close the game. And if you are going to settle in that zone, I think it needs to be when the other team is in a cold streak from beyond the arc, because otherwise you are leaving yourself open to be absolutely throttled from three. And for a big chunk of yesterday's game, the Heat were throttled from three. And you know, it's just it's a uh, it's just withstanding that is pretty much the most important thing at the moment. I thought they actually, like, even when Denver was getting those looks from deep, especially in the first half, I mean, just as a preface by saying this, they were doing it a lot in the non-Jokic minutes. He had those minutes to begin the second quarter and in the middle of the fourth, and I don't think that's going to be – I think that's going to be like a common theme throughout the series is trying to get – trying to use him or trying to use the zone when he's off the floor. Like, I don't think that's going to be – some shocking revelation that we're going to see throughout the series. But even when they were doing it, the threes that Denver were getting, like some of them were more contested than others, but just the process of Miami zone, forcing those looks from deep and not the Aaron Gordon, I'm going to dunk it on your face or I'm going to lay it up on you. Like my, like they were forcing like somewhat contested looks from deep throughout that game. Um, especially in that fourth quarter. I mean, some of those shots that Denver was taking, like there was one where my, this wasn't in the zone, I don't believe, but there was one where like Michael Porter was just like standing there and then with Bam in front of him. And then he just decides to take a three. And then like Bruce Brown had a couple of those too. But I want to say for the most part, like Miami was forcing Denver into what they want. I mean, Jamal had a couple tough shots. I remember where was one where he took, where when Miami was on, he took Gabe to the rim or not Gabe to them. He drew, he drove, took up like a 10 to 15 foot fade away over Gabe and knocked it down. It's just like, well, that's something that you can't really, uh, can't really predict for. I mean, there was also a couple of times where when Jokic did come back in, they were still kind of sticking with it with Haywood in the game. And there was a couple of times where 
they actually they had they either had someone in they had someone in the corner, but they also had like a guy in either one of the short corners or like the dunker spot areas. And Bam was like in a pickle trying to like, okay, once you get it to Jokic, Jokic is now kind of in this weird three on two situation to where he's attacking Bam or he's at least near the rim. And Bam's having to like, kind of, he's in a pickle trying to decide whether or not that is, am I going to defend this? Am I going to not like, how how is that going to happen? And there was a couple of times where Jokic made like a couple like shots within five feet of the rim. There was another couple times that he missed it too, but I just thought the overall process of preventing those shots five to 10 feet from the rim were like, Miami did a good job of that. I think throughout the game, especially in those non Jokic minutes. I mean, I don't, I'm interested to see how much they use the zone with Jokic in the game, the rest of the series. I don't think it's going to be much. I mean, again, you can't throw the same looks at Jokic every time and expect it to work out in the end. Like you got to mix it up at some point, but Miami zone is, is like a weird zone. It's kind of like this oddly shaped, like sometimes they're in a one, one, three. Sometimes it even kind of looks like a three, two. Like it just depends on where different opponent players are displaced on the floor um, at a given possession. But just in general, like there, again, there was a couple times where they were getting in the lane. There was a couple times where Jokic, I mean, again, he's, one of the smartest players in basketball for a reason. He makes the right decision 19 times out of 20. Like he's just a really good player. That's just what he does. And so there was a couple times where they kind of, they, they, they were kind of uh, able to break that zone a little bit, but I just think for the most part, they did a good job. And again, like they were cold from deep in that second half. I don't disagree. Uh, but I just, I feel like a part of that was because of the zone that Miami was presenting upon them but again uh w- there's definitely going to be times where they they hit those shots and there's going to be times where they don't yesterday for the most part i mean anthony chang had before we get out of here anthony chang had a tweet um of the miami herald and he said in 67 man man possessions miami i think was allowing 1.12 points per 100 possession or points per possession and in the zone it was one point per possession in like 20 possessions. And so it's like, it looks like they did a good job, but like, again, it's going to be a lot of the time when Jokic isn't on the floor. And it's like, as the series goes on and on, I don't know how much you're, how much you can expect from that, but I I just wonder how much they mix it in with him on the floor. But that's just my, that's my two cents. I hear you, man. Well, look, man, we got another shot at this on Sunday night at 830. Eastern time. So early for Matt. Uh, that's West Coast merchant. Content. And so you get good content from you, like right after the games, but you're like, oh, well, I have a whole evening now where I'm like, <laughs> I have to go to bed and then think about. I would stay up anyways. I would stay up anyways. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the East Coast now just to prove you wrong. No, I'm just kidding. All right, all right. You know, put your money where your mouth is. Um, but in any case, yeah. Uh, 8:30 p.m. Sunday, they get another shot at this, and we'll see what happens. Uh, I expect good adjustments, but. In the interim, uh, check out hahahoops.com for all your Miami Heat coverage uh, for the NBA Finals. Uh, we're putting out some good stuff. Uh, we recently want, launched Hot Hot Hoops Plus. Uh, so if you want some exclusive articles and features and, and that kind of thing, then uh, subscribe. Um, I think it's less than a cup of coffee. Uh, but thank you again for listening and uh, thank you for joining uh, Matt and I as always. Game two is one to steal. Miami can steal. They can still win the series. Anything can happen in a seven-game series. So just stay the course. Uh... It was only game one. Uh, Let's go heat. Go heat.